A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Indiana Motocross, Crawfordsville Motocross National Review Show with Weege and JT. We're going to talk about... Who did what at Indiana and uh, looking forward and, and all of that. So thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com 2021 gear, helmets, products, casual wear, all of that out now. Please check them out. Flyracing.com. You can get some uh, great stuff on there. And uh, the light pan has been totally redesigned. It's got no zipper, just a boa. So please check that out. The formula helmet is fantastic. They have a new formula CC as well that they're very proud of and for a little bit different price point, but you get the exact same safety features in the formula CC. So please, if you're in the market for a high-end helmet, check that one out. And uh, thank you to flyracing.com. Zach Osborne wearing fly racing and leading the points. That's pretty good, right? Thank you, Maxxis Tires as well. Maxxis MSST is developed by Jeremy McGrath. You can get the paddle tires that they've been using outdoor nationals as well. Hard track, soft track, whatever it is. This is Maxxis' answer to a high-end premium tire. Maxxis.com, great mountain bike tires as well. I've got the Minion, and uh, I absolutely love it. So thank you to Maxxis.com for coming on board. And, uh, of course, also, I want to thank the folks at Renthal. Grab life by the bars, Renthal.com. Uh, they got the old 7-8s bar, still out there, still cr- crushing it. Fat bar, Fat bar 36, which was uh, de- debuted this year. It's the strongest and lightest bar on the market. Rental.com for more information. Of course, Twin Wall as well. A lot of the riders out there, some are using the Fat Bar 36, but Twin Wall and Fat Bar, they go back and forth depending on feel and looks and all of that. So Rental.com for more information on that. So, all right, let's get into Indiana. We'll also cover State Gate as well. Uh, so we'll get into that, of course. I think we just going to side with me on that one because it comes down to cost. And uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. Here's the review. As promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Maxis and Rental, to break down everything that happened at Ironman National and uh, maybe revisit a prediction or two. It's got one of my best friends in the whole wide world. First up, the voice of GNCC Racing, the voice of. Wait. He is not the voice of GNCC Racing anymore. The voice of Lucas Oil Pro Motocross, Jason Wigand. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was a good run. Um, 17 seasons of, uh, <laughs> you're like the Simpsons GNCC. you're like the Simpsons bro just go yes 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 I'm like the Simpsons I'm like uh, Frazier Crane from Cheers one of the longest running characters in television history uh, one day I was flipping through the channels uh-huh. saw Mav TV said GNCC I'm like huh that's funny uh, they haven't sent many shows this year. Are they showing 2019 stuff a year later? And I turn it on and uh, Mikey Waynes who's one of the live announcers of the track is the voiceover guy so I guess I'm out. So I guess I'm out. This is how they this is how they reward you after 17 years. 
Well, I mean, it's I don't I don't know if it's a re- I don't know if it's a reward or a demerit or what. Uh, I mean, look, I'll be honest. Um, I got plenty to do, and um, it's really I feel better to have the announcers that are actually at the races talking to the riders. Yeah. do these shows. So it's going to be a better show but without me. After seventeen but, years, you'd think there would be some sort of handoff, or at least a phone call. But <laughs> but what year did you start working for Racer X, Steve? Uh, the first time or the, like the, the, the whole time, the, the, the very first, the time, very like, first time was 2006, six. Okay. So you've been around 14 years, different capacity, but does it surprise you? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. I, I was called to let me know that I was let go the first time they did call me on that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm not fired completely. I'm just No, no, I know. No, I'm saying I'm saying that's the only if time I was fired they'd probably call me, but beyond that, I'm not surprised anymore. Well, that's the only time I got a phone call is what I'm saying. Like that's I, I had a I had a monthly magazine column. Yeah. And I don't know, I thought it was going okay. I thought it was good, and then uh they never asked for it one month. And then uh, I just got it's got clipped. <laughs> I'm just done. No phone, no phone call. <laughs> no anything. Just uh, I just I guess you guys don't want that. It's not good. All right. Moving on. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of how we operate around here. So, uh, yeah, I'm out. Right. I didn't expect a call and I didn't get one. Right. And, uh, that's wow. about 100 hours a year total doing all these shows that I'll get what? back. So I'm not complaining. But I do enjoy GNCC. I'll still go to the races. Wow. I'll still ride the races. Uh, Mikey Waynes, good on you, bro. Now we got a now we got a GNCC guy filming Zach Osborne during the week and stuff. So the things are getting cross pollinated yeah, here. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Uh, also on the line from Fly Racing, flyracing.com, Jason Thomas. JT, what do you think of 17 years? And then no formal ceremony to uh, to say farewell. I think it's part for the course. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is right, right on brand. Right, right. Okay. Well, it makes me laugh. I, uh, I mean, we I, all hear these crazy conspiracy theories, uh, especially involving Racer X, MX Sports, Coombs, uh, Loretta's, whatever. Right, dude. I cannot stress enough. We are barely getting it done. Like, we are just trying to get through each hour of each day, hit our deadlines, get the race done. Um, there is no time for these elaborate uh, conspiracies that people put together. Like, we right. are just punching well, the clock day after day. Funny you bring that up. This morning, in the right. beautiful city of Indianapolis, before I flew out, mm-hmm. sitting with a bunch of team people. Uh, you know, I can't go in their rigs at the races, but okay. I can sit next to them at the airport. Anyway, yep. it's another yep. another story for another time. Somebody says, "What's gotten into Wygant?" And I'm like, "Oh, this should be good." Like, oh. like, like, what's oh. gotten into Wygant? I'm like, "What do you mean?" Ah, he just seems so like so pro everything, so pro the series, and, and and so pro the racing, and like it's like he he's lost his uh, objectivity. And I'm like, oh, "Here we go." I'm like, "Really?" Because I never noticed one way or another. Like, I mean, I I honestly have not noticed you change one bit. I said, I said, well, there was the whole thing with Washugal. I said, and I think the Washugal people were not happy, and they were pointing fingers at MX Sports. I said, but in the end, the, the Loretta Lynn's thing cost MX Sports a lot of money to stay there another week. So maybe he was trying to get that out there a little bit. You know what I mean? Because there was a little bit of FMX Sports, and I, I fully believe, I mean, we got it on the Pulp Show. You know, we had the announcer's brother calling in, you know. Um, and, and so I, I said, well, maybe that's it. And, and, and this person was like, no, he just he's just changed. He's just like he you know, he just doesn't call it like it is. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, uh, dude, welcome to twenty twenty. So there's Y again, everybody. Bought and paid yeah. for. 
look, man, it, this is 2020. It's impossible to stay out of the fray. Anything I do, like I'll give you an example, man. Um, and JT, at some point, we'll let you talk on this podcast. No, I'd rather not, but go ahead. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, dude, I try to be apolitical. I, stay, I try to stay out of the fray. Mm-hmm. I try to be unbiased. But here's the thing. I'll give you an example. When I walk through the pits and do the weed show and I wear a mask, which I'm required to do. Yep. Like it or not, that becomes some sort of a statement. It's some sort of a statement. <laughs> I'm just following the rules. Right. And then if I complain and say, stop yelling at me for wearing a mask, fans, I'm following the rules, then I'm sure that gets interpreted of, I'm a messenger for the rule. I'm endorsing the rule. That makes me a communist. That a makes sh- me part sheep. of MX Sports. You're a sheep. <laughs> a sheep. Like, I cannot do anything. Right. Well. There is nothing we can do in life that isn't making some sort of larger, grander statement. And the statement I keep making over and over is, thank God we're friggin' racing. Thank God we have friggin' races. Thank God paychecks are coming back. Oh, there, there it is. There it is, JT. There, there's the right. paychecks. Yes. <laughs> there it is. That's what I mean. It took a while. If that, makes me a, if that makes me a shill, because <laughs> guess what showed up in the mailbox when I went to this morning was a paycheck from NBC from doing the first national. If that makes me a shill, I guess it's the case, but I'm just glad the friggin' races are back. This person wasn't talking so much about masks. It was more just your um, attitude in general about the the series right now, I guess. I don't know. I'll I'll tell you more on a text. I guess I kind of forgot to tell you about it this morning, but yeah. So I'm not going to give up my sources, but I I had your back. I said, I, I don't see it. I don't hear it. I hear, this, I hear the exact same Weege I've always heard, unfortunately. so The bottom line is this. Right. In any other year, would you ever say, thank God we're here. Thank God we have races. No. Thank God this is no. happening. No. Right? So I am saying that this year because I feel that is an apt message. If that makes me sound like a shill for the Nationals, th- that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, thank God we all still have jobs. But uh, it, it is what well, it is. I, Normally I when we're at Hangtown, we don't celebrate that we're at Hangtown. It's just another season. I haven't noticed anything. I mean, if they are, if they are talking about optimism, maybe they have a point because we haven't really had any overwhelming reason to be optimistic. Like it just was normal before, right? We yeah. expected to go racing, yeah, and we were racing. So in this shithole of a year that we're in, if you are coming off as optimistic when everything else around you is negative in this entire world, I I'm okay with that. I'm good. It's sad that he's sold out, JT. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. 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 Um, that is my point. I right. never. No one has ever been like, I cannot believe we're actually here at a national and it's happening. Thank God, this is awesome. We've never had to say that before. We well, take it for granted. And also, so too, now that I'm saying it, maybe it right. does sound a little over the top. But my God, do you remember what it was like in March, everybody? Yeah, when we were reviewing Pontiac O2 on the yes. website. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, what, less than 50-50 chance that we were ever going to be at a race again in 2020, and we have seven Supercrosses and three Nationals down? Like, my God, that's great. Um, Yeah, well, okay. I mean, again, I had your back a little bit. This person is just, I I mean, I don't hear it. I don't see it. But that kind of brought the way, when you said about the whole, you know, master plan about stuff and Racer X and MX Sports and all that, and you're absolutely right, there is no no real um, conspiracy or plan. That that got me thinking, because this person was kind of saying that that's what it was, right? Like, you were... You were towing the company line, Weege, and, and, you know, and I'm like, well, no, no, he hasn't changed at all. And then and no directives have changed at all. So we don't it. get directives. <laughs> what directives well, do you get? D- Davey has called me a few times with some directives. You have gotten some pissed off phone calls. Y- yes, I have. <laughs> but that's okay. That's it, fine. Yeah. It is true. Um, all right. Were there, uh, any, uh, were there any skull and crossbones mentioned in this conversation you had this morning? Negative. No, none of that. So, okay. um, by the way, Weege, congratulations. Um, 
It's it's you, you have a pretty good record going, but you've lost a few times. But you won again on the weather this weekend. Congratulations yes. on that, Weech. Uh, another victory for you in in it the notch. Rain. It did. Oh, rain. okay. All right. You're, it did rain. Talk, you tell you tell those guys that their bikes were ruined in those first qualifying sessions. That that Weech won. It was a perfect day. It was really nice, but it, it did rain. It did rain. It did rain. <laughs> But well, no one will ever say that the 2020 Ironman National was a mutter. It Correct. was great. It was a beautiful yes. day. But second motos, yeah. we we shot your uh, your weed show there out on the track for the second after the after the end of the day. Best post show ever. Yep, we shot that. And yeah. uh, how beautiful was it right there? It was just amazing. I mean, it's just yeah, the great weather. So, um, All right, you freaking shill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, it's beautiful. It's great. Right. right. Uh, also, too, tomahawk ribeye, word of the day. Fantastic use. Kind of creepy if you're Dylan, but uh, <laughs> but everything else was just great about it, for sure. So it was. It, I don't even, I barely know what that even means myself. Oh, you're not, also. You're not involved in steak, Kate? This is a pulp thing, right? Wow, it's gotten bigger than that. Like anything, it's oh. it's out of it's out of hand. It's it's run across the nation. It's it's really yeah. <laughs> Let, let's 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 bring that up a little bit. I don't want to bore to people too many people, but I do want Weege's opinion on this JT, right? Because I mean, he'll have yeah. he'll, I, well, and, and our Moto sixty listener base is much smaller than this show. Yeah, yeah. So we need to uh, we need okay. to fill in those the, who have not been the the told. the the cheapest man alive could have a, a very opinionated stand on this so okay weege a box of meat show up at my house from a place in new york um very like lots of meat patties steaks fillets ribeyes there's one steak with a big bone on it like coming out it's probably three feet long this bone and and and, and, feet yeah it's two feet anyways okay so i open this box i'm like what wtf there's a note in there, though. Pookie thinks it's live lobsters again. So, thankfully, we don't have live lobsters again. So, lobster lives matter. But, um, so there's a note from JT. says, thanks for everything. And so, JT knows a guy that sells high-end meat to restaurants. And uh, he sent it to me out of the kindness of his heart because I've been grilling a lot with grillyourassoff.com seasonings. And um, so, I have this big thing of meat. And there's so much of it, Weege. I'm just like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you, JT. Thank you to the meat people. Um, now, Tits Legendary, the man who works the phones for us sometimes on Pulp Show and Fly Moto 60 Show, he, uh, he's he been doing some work on my mountain bikes uh, for me because I've had some issues and uh, some. I had a derailleur snap off and it took out a subframe and blah, blah, blah. So he's been helping me a little bit with some stuff. He's uh, and, and he's never charged me anything. He's never asked me for anything or anything else. I, I give him some Pulp stuff and, you know, all this, right? So... He happens to be coming over that day to pick up one of the bikes to go work on it. And I was like, okay, uh, well, actually, no, he's coming over to pick up a part to to uh, take it back to the work on the bike that he's already been working on. So I'm just like, I'm never going to eat all this meat. Like, I don't know. I'm, it's just so much. So I gave him a little bit of it. And one of the, and I'm not a meat connoisseur, Weege. I don't know if you are, but I am not. So. Yeah, big fan. I am a big fan. But are you a connoisseur? Do you know what the cuts are all about and all that stuff? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, all right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So this this thing with the bone on it is huge, and I'm like, I, I'm not going to eat this. Pookie is a vegetarian, so it's just me. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat this. Tits, take this uh, and take take – I don't like a filet. Believe it or not, I don't really like a filets. Really? Yeah, I just – I don't know. I just – something about filets in my stomach. It's, it's a long story. So I give Tits a, a filet, 
and this this piece of meat with the bone on it. And he was very thankful. Um, and uh, and he grilled it up that night, and he said it was the best thing he's ever eaten in his life. And I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, I want to buy another one. I said, well, text JT. Text JT, because I don't know anything about this. Well, Weege, that's where it begins. JT, go ahead. Well, the whole problem was that I was very excited about this, and I want to thank uh, Prime Food Distributing and Nick and the guys over there for uh, being a part of this, because I, I really was excited about doing something for Steve. I know he's been super into this, and it was just the perfect fit. So when I saw the packing list for what they're sending him, I immediately saw the steak in question, and it's for what Steve's saying. Yeah, it looks like it's straight out of the Flintstones. This thing is insanely big, right. and what it is is a 38-ounce Wagyu tomahawk tomahawk ribeye, and that's like a steak that big and being Wagyu, like I've never had anything that nice. And so what Prime Food Distributing does, they sell wholesale to restaurants. Okay. So they sell to very high end restaurants that want very specific cuts at a very specific quality and how they rate their steaks and all that. So for a restaurant to go buy this steak, this particular steak, it's $200. So imagine what that turns into wow. at retail. You're talking wow. three to four hundred dollars, depending on you know where they want to put it. And this is what Steve gives away. Out of all the, this I, I is don't what I'm know. So excited about this. It, yeah. Like, it, I, I, who it's knows? The crown jewel. Yeah. Of this box of meats. <laughs> I th- so wait, the two hundred dollar wholesale is just part of the box. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. There's fillets, there's strips, there's there's, there's a, a beef strip, and uh, yeah. Wait, was there a weight to Bur- this? It was heavy. Yeah, yeah. Of st- of, of all beef, just steak. Pookie was oh, uh, yeah. Pookie was giving me some side eyes too. By the way, in case you everybody was wondering. <laughs> but well, uh, I'm sure that was a factor. Let's be honest. When you get a 20 pounds of steak um, and your wife's a vegetarian, I'm sure that's a little bit of a factor. What she said? Are you going to eat all that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, listen. Uh-huh. So. Uh, tits clearly not. You're clearly not. Tits texting JT just caused JT to lose it, and I mean, look. And then Tits told me like I, there had to be cooked a certain way. I don't even know that, what it was, but there had to be cooked a certain way. You had to Google it. All the stuff I wouldn't have done. He loved it. He's been doing me favors on this on this mountain bikes. Many many mountain bikes that he's helped me out with. Um, and and so I just was like, here, man, thank you. Like here you go. Like, and he was just like, yeah, sweet. And and JT is in. You know this is this has not been good. Um, and I had I had the burger patties; they were tremendous. I had a strip steak; it was tremendous. So, Weege, where do you stand on this? Like, what's your like? Because because okay, so he's doing free work for me. Did you throw it in the trash? No, of course not. So somebody ate it. You gave it to Tits. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's what's the problem. He regifted my beautiful gift. <laughs> That's the so, problem. <laughs> okay, so the problem isn't the actual the the monetary value. It's a gesture from JT that you did then gave to Tits, and JT was not planning on giving Tits Legendary a gift. <laughs> well, he correct. was giving you a right, gift. Right, correct, right. So that is the problem. But 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 Tits said it was the. I'm not kidding you. He said it was the best thing he's ever put in his belly. That but that are, is the, not the point. JT was trying. No, to No, I know, I know. But I'm saying we made his day. We really. He was very stoked. <sighs> Man, that is quite the conundrum. I think I might side with JT on this. What? Yes. That's bullshit. You passed on the thought. That's a thought that counts, and you passed the thought on. JT was JT is not thanking Tits Legendary for your broken derailleur. Okay, but 
Weeks. Was that your goal, JT, to thank Tits for fixing Steve's derailleur? No. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't JT. That was not your derailleur. It was derailleur. not. Okay. I'm glad we got that clear. Um, but uh, uh, I but I'm not paying. I'm going to take this to the Weege angle here. This has got. I got to go go the Weege angle. Tits has given me like two hundred dollar wholesale, hundreds of dollars of free labor on mountain bikes that he's just done for me out of the kindness of his heart. Probably something to do with his Mormonism. I don't know. And and then you know I felt like I want to help him out, so he has saved me money. I I see what you're doing, Steve, and I might do the same. But if I were JT, I wouldn't be a fan. <laughs> I wouldn't be a okay. fan. Had I I known, okay. Had I known someone, okay. If had I known somebody else gave me, I would be stoked because it saved me money. Okay. But I wouldn't expect the person that gave me the gift to like that. But okay, I never ex- asked for this. By the way, just showed up at my door, which is like a nice how gesture. This, but, how did you pull this off, JT? God knows what JT. Who knows? He probably traded. We don't even know. Probably traded him a formula helmet or something. I don't know. <laughs> God. Um, Interesting. Is it Crayor Meats? No, it's not Crayor Meats. No, it's not Crayor awesome. Meats. That would be even awesome. better. We looked up Crayor Meats. It was just a warehouse. It wasn't even a meat yeah. place. It was, it was very... definitely a front yes. for some sort of yes. Russian mafia. Right, right. So, and also, too, I didn't know anything that, I didn't say, oh, look, a Wagyu tomahawk ribeye. That's super expensive. Like, I never even thought about, I don't know anything about meat, right? Like, I just... You just handed him this bone on a Yeah, like, I just, on a like, it just looked like too much. Like, I'm just like, that's too much steak. It's got a huge bone on it. Like, I don't need this. Like, we, so I don't know anything about cuts of meat. Like, I, I order ribeyes at restaurants, generally mm-hmm. speaking. That's all I know. And I don't really like fillets. So, that's all I know. And so, had I known this was $200... And it was going to be the best thing that he ever ate. I probably wouldn't have given it to him. Why wouldn't have? You know, just, how did you not? You didn't know the individual pricing. Is that the problem? Yeah, yeah. There was no price, no invoice, nothing like that. Yeah. yeah. Ah, so you only found out how expensive it was oh, after you gave oh, it away. And when JT that got text, back. when that text came in from JT, that is when I found out the the prestige of this steak. Oh, ooh, so this that is, really. This is how it goes down. I'm on my bicycle riding on the road in traffic, and I get a text from Tits Legendary that says. Thank you so much for that steak. It's the best thing I've ever eaten. What? <laughs> now, Tit said, how do I get more? I said, I don't know. Just text JT. Yeah. Oh, so, that's bad. Now I'm almost crashing on my bicycle. Yes. And now I'm rapid firing both Tits and Steve as fast <laughs> as I possibly can with no hands while I'm pedaling. So that's so we you're, you're a little coming around to my end of things. You're coming around. Only because you didn't know how much money it was. Yeah. No idea. No idea. JT finding out, uh, this is even worse. JT finding out that way. Well, and then, so, and there's another text thread that you're not on, Weege, with Chris Betts and mm-hmm. Kellen, video game Kellen. Yeah. And so, so there, Betts, I guess, is also a state connoisseur because he's his hammering me for their tomahawk ragu ribeye. So. He is so he is feeding JT like he he's just feed, he just can't believe it either right. It's like I went to the restroom and I read on the bathroom stall that you banged my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> this is how I felt. Far from that, but um, it's an incredible gesture from JT, and you just passed the gesture on to get derailleur work done. Wow, the derailleur took out the subframe. He had to take the subframe. Oh, out. Wow. I mean, he had to do a lot of work. My gift. But I again, there was so much of it. I ate some of it, and I'm still going to eat more of it. Like. It's and, and I had a strip steak and it was delicious and so that's where the tomahawk ribeye came from, Weech, when you were trying to you know, it's been a big controversy. So 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 we actually now all three of us need to go and explain this to Dylan Ferrandis now? 
Yeah. yeah exactly. So he'll understand yeah. why I called right. him the Tomahawk Ribeye of right. 250 Riders. Right. You were like the Bugs Bunny cartoons where the where the where the the, uh, the Roadrunner just turns into this piece of meat. That, that's what it looked he, like. He is the Tomahawk Ribeye. He's the $200 wholesale steak of yeah. 250 yeah. right now. So. Seasoned and seared to perfection. Well, I'm glad. get Blazer to explain it to Button, and then Button can tell Fernandez. Yeah. Uh, yes, that too. I'm glad you side with me, Weege. No, once I told you that, I didn't know. No, it. no. No, this is classic Steve. I'm still on JT's side. It does help a little bit that you didn't know it was $200 worth. Right, right. Uh, maybe you thought it was 20 but uh, th- you still passed a gesture on. It just looked like too much to deal with. JT, you have my address, right? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> the, con- the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that Steve knew what he was doing and is rubbing his hands together while in the back of a van and says, watch this. Tits. Back of a van? Then, th- yeah, like RV. Oh, and yes. And I want you oh. to text JT and tell him how oh, good this steak is. I never would have done that if I had known this was going to – although the word of the day did come out of it, which was nice, but I never would have done this had I known. I mean, I literally told Tits, I don't know. Just text JT. Like, just find out where he got it from and how much. I never would have uttered those words over text to Mr. Legendary. And then I'm, I'm like, incredibly angry in the moment. And he's just peppering me with, well, is there a way you could get me more? <laughs> Do you have a tits. contact for them? And I'm like, tits, I'm going to strangle you. Well, mm. all right. So that's that's it, Weege. So you still is bad on me, is what you're saying? Yes, you passed a gesture on. Sorry, not knowing it was a $200 gesture makes it a little bit better. Sorry for being a nice uh, guy. The, Sorry for the being gesture a nice was, guy. was 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 the and, point, and and you you passed the point on, and JT was not passing it on you did that for him that's and that's all he does he keeps coming back with i'm sorry i i'm sorry for being nice that's all he, that's yeah he's no I, that's that's that's, that's. Well, jt is too <laughs> yeah, exactly all right um should we move on anything else we're good there all right um i guess do you want to talk about the geico thing there now or you want to save it for later uh let's get in it it's, it's been a while here we haven't talked about any racing at okay all, so. all right so um Wow, well, Eli Tomac made up a lot of points there, everybody. <laughs> uh, Eli Tomac wins the race, uh, goes 2-1 on the day. That second moto was fantastic racing. It was amazing. Uh, Weege, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it really was. Uh, the first moto wasn't too shabby either. No, nope, um, nope. You know, uh, here I go again, here I go again, <laughs> becoming a show for how awesome the Nationals are. Um there is often a chorus uh, these days about, you know, the sport isn't as good as it used to be in the 90s and two strokes and all that. It was so awesome back then. Um, JT, you received a text about the 1994 Millville National from a buddy, right? I did. Yep. I did. Yep. Uh, 94 was a big year for me. That was the first year, actually, the Nationals were on, uh, like, ESPN, just like Supercross. So it was the first year I watched, like, every moto and every minute of every race. And here is the premier class of the Nationals in 94. Everybody ready? Remember Brian Swink wins Moto 1, right? Yeah, we brought that up last week. Or for yeah. Little, yeah, yeah. Brian Swink wins the first Moto of the year. And then after that, the only two guys who are capable of winning Motos at all are Kudrowski and LaRocco. And at one point, Jeff Stanton does an interview, and he's like, yeah, they're the only guys that are in good enough shape to do 30 minutes. I'm not. No one's going to beat them. It's going to be one of those two guys. Now, eventually, John Dowd, like 28-year-old semi-privateer, gets a factory Yamaha bike, and he wins a few motos. But I'm talking, Kudrowski got hurt. By the end of the year, only John Dowd and Mike LaRocco physically were capable of going 30 minutes without getting tired and winning motos. So this is where we were. Remember the 500 Nationals in like the early 90s? 
Yeah. There were what? Oh, four yeah. factory riders? Yeah. Total? Yeah. Four factory riders on the gate. Watch these motos, dude. This is maybe all time for depth, and I guess this makes me a shill. But seriously, <laughs> he's very upset these about 450 motos are freaking yeah. nuts right now. It's been, it, it's been awesome. Imagine adding Webb and Kenny to that mix. Yeah. And, ah. and now we lost Anderson, but the racing yep. was still good. Yeah. yeah it's, was, it's nuts. And the final 10 minutes with Barsha and Tomac, oh, my uh, God. Just terrific. Just, you know, Barsha, um, God, he rides with such heart, right? And, and he gets him into trouble, and we've all criticized him on this podcast. Because he, you know, sometimes loses his mind. But um, JT, he rides with so much heart. And I'm not saying over anybody else, but man, he is fun to watch in days in motos like that. Yeah, I mean, he's been great. He's really been great most of the year. You know, the the one thing I've taken away from all this is that, you know, the comments he's made about his feelings about his motorcycle to where it works much better in certain conditions than others. It's really hard, getting hard to push back on that because if you look at, you know, when it's been tacky like this weekend, like the the uh, the rain, that beautiful rain we got Saturday morning, <laughs> and then you look at Loretta's where he wins that moto going away, everything's kind of playing out like he said. You know, Salt Lake was terrible. He said the bike wouldn't work. You know, you look at Atlanta, it's soft, it's tacky. He's you know battling for the well. I don't want to say win because Kenny was amazing, but second place, and it, it really makes me wonder what he's capable of next year as we you know we've kind of talked about he's he sounds like he's making this move to gas gas on a bike that we know is very competitive by every measure um for for a guy that many thought was kind of winding his career down and i'm trying to be careful in saying that because maybe that's my own opinion but it certainly seemed like he was on the backside of whatever he's doing And, and that's what I honestly thought, I thought he was, you know, he's still very capable, but the weekends where he wasn't, you kind of like scratch your head and like, man, what's he, what's he going to do next year? Like, is, is this thing kind of over? Well, the way he's riding right now and knowing that the equipment he's going to be on next year, I don't really feel that way at all. And, uh, to resurrect optimism like that, uh, shouldn't be understated. It was awesome to watch him, watch him, uh, ride, just twist in the throttle, JT, you said last week that uh, – well, let's stay on Barsha for a second. Uh, AC tweeted this morning that when Barsha got by him and his legs came off and his back end was out, and they asked AC what he was thinking. He was thinking I was going to be on a poster. That's what Adam said, which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> He's like, I, I was thinking that I was going to be on a poster as Barsha got by him right there. Um, but, yeah, we, you give him – I don't know. Uh, you know, look, if it, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, I, I, I get it. So, you, you know, you can't always play this game. But if you give Barsha uh, 15 points from the DNF, and that's probably being a little low, like he's second in the series, he's, you know, like looking good. Like just give him 15 from the, the DNF. Yeah, because he won the first moto there, and yeah. he's a good mud rider, so who knows? He could even end up won yeah. last weekend, the overall. I mean, Osborne won with the 5-1, so the opportunity was there for Barsha to win the overall. Yeah, I think before he, he, before he went out, before he crashed the second time, he, I think he was seventh. Eighth, yeah, so he'd have been one seven. He at one point he was one four and and winning the overall. But like you said, that's just ifs. But hey, the first round he was great. Um, however, however, you have to qualify all this of saying where would Barsha be in points? Where we've seen, hey, two Anaheim ones in a row where Barsha won, and this year he went one two in the first two Supercross races. So unfortunately with Barsha, I don't think we can extrapolate like 
He's been really good over the first six motos, really fast. So just stamp that he's going to be at that level of every single moto for the rest of the year because we've seen this hot and cold before. Um, so I don't know. But uh, damn, I have, to, I have to say, he's even won some nationals. You know, over the last five years, say he's won like, I don't know, three or four nationals, right? Right. Uh, going back to the JGR days and a 1-1 at Ironman a few years ago, Factory Yamaha. But I think that's the best he's ridden, even though he didn't win the moto, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. So Tomac made up a buttload of points. He is 27 down. 27 down now. Uh, anybody coming around? Anybody? I thought it was just if 1-1 one, one and 2-2 two, two every weekend. <laughs> yeah, you love was that. that right. Was that going to happen? You know what, though? Like, yeah. I'm not with JT on his Eli Tomac is human theory. Like, But 13th overall in qualifying this weekend. Had some people wondering what was going on. Marvin got caught by him at times in the first moto, but Marvin pulled out also that's happened before but it's it's rare but marv marv was able to pull away and then barsha caught him in, in this moto wasn't able to get the pass done of course but barsha caught him so i don't know if i'm totally on your side jt with eli's just the guy or just human now but um he is more human more than more a guy than ever before in the last three years okay would would you give me that they seem less intimidated by him than in prior years I don't know because I don't know inside their heads, right? I don't know if they were intimidated seem. by him. That's you know? where the word seem comes in. Yeah, I don't know. I can't speak on that, I don't think. <laughs> but, but you know, to have Marv do that and then Barsha do that is not something we've seen a lot. Yeah, I think, though, that every time a race goes like that where Marv's like, oh, shit, I got, I got a UI behind me. We know how this is going to go. Yeah. And then it goes okay. Yeah. I think there is a an accumulation that goes on there of confidence well, that these guys are at some point are going to be like, yeah, I, I can beat him. Right. Well, second moto Loretta's one caught Osborne got to within one and a half seconds, I think, or maybe less. And Osborne pulled back out. He caught Marv. Marv pulled back out, you know, and Barsha yeah. caught him this weekend. But, so, and these yeah. guys are going to see that, right? They're going to watch the race this week. Listen they're to gonna see like he is beatable. Like, yes, he's great. He's one. Three titles in a row for a reason. He won the Supercross Championship for a reason. But he's not unbeatable. He, he, he is just another guy. He just happens to be very, very good. And it's going to take every bit that we have to beat him, but it's not impossible. He's not unbeatable like maybe he was at certain times in his career. Does he, I, I don't know what the difference is. Yep. Sorry, I, I don't know what the difference is, but it right. seems like he's just a little bit more vulnerable to them than he has been in the past. Weege, what do you think? Uh, I, I see the theory that you guys are throwing out there, but I'm still going to say, look, man, a lot of guys were going fast. A lot of guys had an opportunity to win. The battles were amazing. And in the end, he won the overall. So to me, that tilts things back to, uh, maybe this is a little more like, um, it has been in the past. You know, the first two rounds were really weird and maybe it's like, Ooh, maybe it's not as crazy as we thought. It was just two weird rounds. And uh, it's a little closer to the average of what the last couple of years have been than, than I realized. Because, yeah, after the 13th in qualifying, and, and JT, your theory that he, he never showed himself as Superman, and even in the drier Loretta's, I was almost ready to sign up for that. But in the end, he did win. Everybody threw everything they had at him, and he ended up winning. So I'm headed a little further back to the direction of, yeah, is, he's still the guy. Is he going to win the title? The that's the thing. He's got a lot of math to make up, which is going to make it harder. Um, 
So saying he's the guy and saying he's going to win the title, unfortunately, are a little bit separate now because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was handed DNF, DNF in a uh, 18 Moto series. No, I understand. I was just saying, like, yeah. where are you at on his title chances? Like last week, I called him basically done. You know. No, I, I you did. There. Did you say I that? Was, I, I think I said they're basically done. Yeah, I think yeah. I did. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. I would have probably called you on that. I don't think you said that. We would have called on that. Hmm, only maybe. because, maybe, only because. Maybe I said on the Pulp Show or the Moto 60 oh. Show or the Fantasy Show or God knows what else. Only because this is not disrespect to Zacco. Like, oh, Zacco can't, you know, you know, hold him forty points down over the final motos. It's just you saw what happened to Zacco's bike in qualifying last week. Like, we got a long season. He can have a DNF himself at any time and and hand a ton of those points back. So I would never say anyone forty points behind that's as good as Tomac is out uh, after round two when you're just one guy in a first turn crash or a DNF away from making up half those points in a half hour. But honestly, the way this field is right now, Zacco could just not ride very well and get sixth or seventh. That's not out of the realm of possibility with the way the field is. Yeah. With yeah. Se- with Sexton and Cincerillo and these guys riding so well, and you throw in, you know, Blake's been decent. He's been plenty good enough to get in that mix. You start throwing in a sixth or a seventh in there, and you can make up 10, 12 points a moto. Like the, the, the lead comes down very, very quickly in a field like this where maybe in years before, or especially in the 250 class, if we're talking Ferrandis, he can come from 40th to third. It, it, may, it gets very difficult to make up big chunks of points in that scenario. But in this one, I don't think it, it really is. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the, the math. Okay, I am saying that it's going to make it harder on him, and I can't stamp it, or he's definitely going to win the title or anything like that. But 40 points is definitely make-upable, well, for sure. Now it's 20. Yeah. Now it's twenty-seven. So, well, that's JT, JT. That's your point right there, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a horrific day for Zach because it wasn't terrible. It just didn't go to plan. And then you look at a, a different situation. You know, Marv's at thirteen, Eli's at twenty-seven. You know, and, and the status quo is still there. Like Zach has a nice lead, but you know, you you start to get a little bit more nervous, and and it's good for Zach, right? He's in the He's in a catbird seat, and Eli basically has to be somewhat perfect. You know, he can't have one big, cra- another big crash, or any big mistakes where Zacho arguably could. Uh, but to think this thing is over, I, I'm not there at all. Uh, Marvin Muscan, good, good ride that first moto, just gone. I was actually, I was so impressed by that ride that I didn't think he like, like okay, he can do it again because he did it once. I was actually surprised by that sixth. Because he was kind of kind of got dropped, you know. He talked after the race about not getting the start, and 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 then you know he Eli got him, but 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 also Osborne got him, and I think somebody, Sexton Sexton got him. So I think he was he was trying to you know put a, a bright light on it. I just you know maybe the the time away JT caught up to him for that second moto because like if if he'd gone one three I'd be like yeah that's awesome you know what I mean. But but I was surprised at hell how much difference there was between the two motos because the first moto was phenomenal. He was great. So that's all. I I want to attribute a little bit of it to his recovery because I, I think in those mud races, right, you can only ride so hard. The track is so crappy that it'll it will only allow you to ride the track to a certain extent. Even the first round, it was so ruddy and soft that those guys really couldn't hang it out. They had to back it down a little bit and, and you know, Kiefer and these guys have, have made uh, they've talked a lot about that, right? You have to ride Redlands track a certain way. 
I felt this this weekend, you know, the the track was in really good condition for the motos and they were going for it. Like they were really pushing. And I think that difference is what we saw in the second moto. I think that limited riding and limited recovery weighed on Marvin in that second moto more than we saw in the first two rounds because for one, your intensity when leading a moto and winning a moto is going to be higher and there's going to be more energy exerted in that scenario, just subconsciously. Like he's just going to push harder when you're winning a race. And I think that one hour recovery from such an intense effort in that first moto, I think you saw it, you know, and he wasn't dead tired, but he wasn't able to go with the front. He wasn't able to replicate that same level of performance. And that's why you saw like Sexton pass him and he really had nothing to push back with. I wonder, I wonder what he would have done had he got another start. Like would the, would that would that adrenaline get him going or would he have dropped back? Know. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I when I watched him, I'm like, Marv, you got to go here. Like you have to go. The leaders are going, and you're not going with them. And now you've got this kid behind you who thinks he should be winning, and you've got to go with him. And he couldn't do it. He, to me, he didn't look exhausted. He just was missing that intensity that he'll get. He's gonna regain that over the course of the next month. Um, but I think going out there and, and losing those points in this moto that's because he could have left Ironman only down a handful of points if he had something to give in that second moto and I just don't think he's quite recovered all the way yet it's just that extra one or two percent in the the total package right and recovering within an hour to go race the second moto is a, is a part of that total package that it takes to win this championship we JC qualified first uh ran up front led some laps again and uh, went three four on the day. He was very happy with that. I I, I asked him. I t- well, I scolded him on that inside gate pick. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> uh, these guys. I mean, look when it's muddy and shitty and Chad Reed goes there and he goes on the grass. Like uh, uh, that's smart. You know what I mean. But but in this instance, the Ferrandez took it. Worked out great. Then worked out really bad. And that's do you a, think, that's, that's do you a, think AC goes there without Ferrandez going there? Sorry, I'm, I'm stepping mm, on Weech's question. But no, probably not. Right, Nick's watching. Nick would see that, but, um, you know, Nick also took the inside gate at Paula last year with AC and it worked out terribly. And then they, they were like, that was a bad choice. So Nick loves the inside gates. Right. So anyways, um, but Adam rode well, a good day. He was happy after the race, after I scolded him for the inside gate, he was happy about his race. And he said, look, man, I gave it everything I had. I was scrubbing like crazy. I was pushing like hard and I knew I couldn't last as long as those guys, but I got closer than I was last week. You know, and, and and that's his point. Um, he's just going to go. He's going to go and see what happens. Yeah, the honesty is awesome. He said over and over in the press conference, you know, he basically got tired running that pace. And that's the thing I always like to say, right? It's like people always look at fitness like it's just a gas tank and it's just like a finite level. But it doesn't work like that, right? Like I can go on a motocross track and be riding unbelievably hard. Like for me, it's a dead sprint and it's slower than a better rider who is just cruising. And I will get tired. I could be in better shape. But I would get tired because it's harder for me to ride that speed. So I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. He was probably going all out mm-hmm. to run that pace. And maybe Tomac's going 97%, you know, those first 10 minutes, say, and matching him, right? And and that's a difference. And he also said he did lose some training time. He had a lot of injuries, as we know, dating back to Utah uh, and even before that. So uh, I think it was cool that, that he was honest that essentially he got tired. Um, and you know, he had 25 minutes in him and Hey, he didn't weed it, right? Yeah. He didn't end up weeding it. 
while leading. He That's, just ended up dropping back. I have I guess a question. Two, po- I have a question. two podiums in a row for him. Yeah, good yeah. work. Yeah. Yep. Go I have ahead. a question. When you come out and say that you got tired, uh, do you think that that's why, because he was tired, that his, his lap time on lap three and his lap time on lap 14 were different? Mm. I would think that's why, yeah. Okay. I, I would, yeah, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to get a <laughs> just figured you'd ask that. On that. I didn't know where you okay. were going with this, but no, yes, needed yes, to, I understand. Needed to double check? You needed to double check that? Uh, yeah, I just wanted more insight. Um, yeah, because yeah, being tired wasn't enough. That's true. Right. Uh, yeah. So Barsha, fourth overall, like we said, uh, a good good day for him. Osborne, fifth overall, and it kind of kind of went sideways in the first moto there. Like he he hit that lapper, and you know got zapped by uh, uh, AC and Sexton, and you know other than that he was looking all good. He was moving forward. It was it was fine or holding his pace, I should say. But then he fell again later on. So. I think when it's going south for Zach OJT, it goes south, and when it goes well, it goes well a little bit. Like I think he gets rattled. Well, yeah, he was uh, he was under a little bit of pressure from those guys, and I'm sure he was probably stressing a bit that he was losing touch a tiny bit to to Marvin Eli. But I think my biggest question is just going to be how he handles the pressure down the stretch because this this is his real first foray in the 450 championship territory. You know, he, he had great success in 250 racing, won two Supercross titles, won, you know, Wilkes Hall Motocross Championship. But this 450 championship's a, a different can of worms, right? He's, he's racing a completely different level of rider. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm as intrigued as the next guy to see how it plays out. But I think every time he makes a mistake like that where, you know, he runs into a lapper, and, and those things are going to happen, right? That, that wasn't a... a a result no. of pressure, but how does he respond to that pressure? You know, how do you, how do you find your your stride back and you know overcome that adversity and get your heart rate back down? And um, the resiliency is what I think he's going to need to have because there are going to be tough moments throughout a you know if you race eighteen motos, not everything's going to go perfectly. So we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I don't have any answers, but I'm I'm certainly interested to see how it goes. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm not worried about – I think Zach has been through so much in his career. I'm not worried about him handling the pressure. I mean, he slept uh, in I mean, a tent at Turkey at the racetrack. Yeah. Or, yeah, Rus- or Russia. I, or Russia. One of those. Or it, was, it was Turkey. No, wait. He won Turkey. He slept in he Russia. Did, but he was slept, sleeping in a tent on the race he won in Turkey. No way. Yeah. No, I think I he, slept he slept in a tent in, a tent in, in Russia. Russia. But won Turkey. Oh, I oh. don't know. Anyways, listen. Did he sleep in a tent in Russia on the same weekend that he won in Turkey? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And like walked uphill both ways. Yeah. From the tent. Uh, I I think Zacho can handle it. I think he's more equipped than most second year 450 riders for that type of environment. I just think, and and don't get me wrong, when I say I think Tomac's still the guy. Look, he's won. Um, I'm gonna look here. He's won 24 450 overalls in his career. He's one of the all-time best in 450 motocross. He was the favorite coming in. Um, there is a chance that this will flip, and Zach will be the better guy this year. But I just feel like, with the amount of data we have, until someone rips it away from Tomac, I'm just going to say it's Tomac's the guy to beat. He's the best guy. He's the guy they've got to prove they can beat consistently. Yeah. And maybe Zacho does that this year, but that's really what it's going to come down to. Can they actually just beat Tomac enough <laughs> for him to not win the title? And... So far, so good, but there's enough races left for, for Tomac to get it done. And if Zach's – I don't think Zach's going to crack. I just think he's got to be faster, and that's 
that's been the case. Same thing with Marv, right? Like Marv rode really well the last three seasons, but he just wasn't fast enough uh, to beat Tomac but, for the title. So yep. that's what it's going to come down to. But Marv at times was faster than Eli Tomac straight up. Like at times. He was. Uh, and uh, I think yep, Zach will yep, be yep, too. Yep. And Zach was in the second motor with the first round. But, right. you know, it, you got to be the generally the best man wins, right? So yep. that's what we're going to see. Is he good enough? I don't think he's going to hand it over. I don't think he's going to crack. I don't think he's going to fold. Sexton, but, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yep, go ahead. But, Sex, uh, Sexton rode really well. Sexton rode great. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, look, he went, uh, what did he go on the day? Four or uh, five. Four or five. Uh, so, you know, four or five for sixth overall. Ouch. But yeah. uh, good job for Sexton, especially that second moto. Yeah, he he's, dude, he's aggressive, right? Adam said on the press conference that, that Chase just works him all week. Chase is faster than him all week. So, yeah. Where? You know. Where is he working? At Stu's house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at Stu's. Oh, yeah. So, uh, JT, job. man, this is back to what I was saying, this long-winded 1994, what the Nationals were like then and now. I mean, do you feel that the line between – what did Sexton get? Sixth? Yeah. Sixth overall? Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's the line between getting sixth and first, about as small as it's ever been in a 450 National. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, and I don't think you have to go back to 94. I mean, this has not been normal for this class. Yeah. You know, the, the 450 class, in my opinion, has been much more like the 250 class in recent years. Maybe to not, not to that extent, because we, we've lost a lot of 250 guys to the 450 class and injury and everything in between. But it, it has not been like this. You know, when the gate drops right now, I genuinely don't know who's going to win, which is awesome. And I was there at the race this weekend and I was, you know, talking to WPS dealers and doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And people are asking me, like, who do you think is going to win? And I'm like, no clue. And I, that's exactly how I like it. Uh, because just for the last few years, it's like, well, Tomac should win unless something happens. And I guess you could argue that that's still the case after going 2 one this weekend, but it's not a foregone conclusion which I would argue it has been for a while. And, and this is really what we need. And, and I'm not going to go into an X games. Hey, this is going to grow the sport type thing, but I think just to peak interest and, and make our, our sport the best it possibly can be and the most interesting it can be. This is what we need. We need a very competitive, well, several riders at the front of the field for 50 class. And well, I don't think we've had that for a while. What we need in our sport also is like, so chase Sexton gets sixth or Baggett gets seventh. We just don't need people saying, uh, he's seventh, he's garbage, give his bike to a privateer. Like, that's where the stuff where... Yeah, I'm out like, all that. Well, I know, but it happens a lot. Like, it, it, we, you know, NASCAR guys, like Jimmy Johnson, he didn't make the playoffs or whatever, and people were like, yeah, Jimmy, John was, Jimmy Johnson's awesome. Like, he's great, you know? Like, he's just not having a good year, but guess what? I mean, okay, that's a bad example because he's retiring, but somebody like that in that shoes would, would, would have a bad year, and they're keeping their ride, and nobody's yelling that they suck, and no one's saying they're terrible. And in our sport, like Chase Sexton goes four, five, or six, and it's like, ah, oh, I give his bike away. Like, you know, he's not worthy of a factory bike. Like, the, our attitude in the sport well, I, is brutal. I would argue that those people saying that have literally no idea what they're talking about because they've never, they either haven't been to a track to watch. Even how good media, those guys even are. media says things like that. JT, we're like that. You're like that guy. The media right now, I am not high on. So you can throw <laughs> media in my face, and I would say exactly. Wow. Okay. They, I, I know what you're saying, Steve. Yeah. This sport is a really brutal way. I yeah. got a text from my buddy this weekend who's like, and he named a bunch of riders, and he's like, those guys didn't even try. You can tell yeah. they're done. Yeah. They didn't yeah. put in any effort. Right. I'm like, God, man. Right. I really feel that 
this sounds crazy, but I feel remember in like oh eight oh nine when like budgets were being slashed. Timmy, Timmy, is this going? Oh, okay, sorry. No, no, okay. it's not Timmy testing for Stu. Okay. Um, when the budgets got slashed and the economy was bad, and we're you know there were riders that were getting paid a lot of money and not getting results. You know, back in like oh five oh six oh seven, and then you heard people say, "Dude, man, it's that's going to be done. Guys are going to earn their money." I feel like, are there any true slackers on factory bikes in either class anymore? I feel like. Programs are way more dialed. Everybody has trainers. Everybody rides under supervision every week. I don't think the old school stories of like Ron Lachine paying a guy to burn his rear tire off so he could convince the team he was trying. I think that's gone. Sorby, I think all Sorby these guys work. Sorby hard. starting his bike up with fans in the garage to get the hour <laughs> meter up. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that exists. Like all these dudes are working hard now. You really can't get away with it. I think you got too much supervision. Yeah. Um, if Tickle got what did Tickle get this weekend? I'm just uh, throwing ninth. the name out there like that. Ninth. ninth. Is Tickle getting ninth because he didn't put the work in? Right, right, right. Uh, if you get sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, even you're busting your balls. You just got beat. All right, we got to move on. Uh, yeah. We're just getting just getting along here. Uh, good job for Blake Baggett. Uh, you know, solid race. Probably not happy. I would imagine after the race, JT with that seventh, but he rode okay. Like I don't think it's great, but it, not terrible. He came up both I motos. Was, so I thought it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not winning, but he was relevant. Yeah. Like he was on TV a bunch. He's around the guys he wants to be around. I'm uh, sure he wasn't thrilled to be passed by guys like Sexton and Cincerillo, but yeah. hey, life's hard right now. I thought he was going to make it further. I thought we were going to see Chupacabra uh, in that first moto. I, I was announcing a little bit this weekend up mm-hmm. there with Megawatt and uh, and Rocket Rob, and I thought we were going to see some more Chupacabra, but he kind of stalled when he got up to those guys, but he was on it for a number of laps. So, um, Dean Wilson? Good job, Dean Wilson. Welcome to the top 10. 8-8, and he'll take it all day long. That was Dean's best ride of the year. So good. I still don't think we're there with Dean yet, though. I, I watched him pretty closely this weekend, and if Freddie Noren could not make mistakes, I don't know that Dean would have beat him. And, and that's But, dude, he hasn't, a, he hasn't done anything to start, so, like, that's good. I, I get it. I'm just saying. I, I mean, you're talking about a former 250 national champion. You know, this, he's not a... He's not an also-ran as far as talent and what he can do. I'm just saying I think Dean could be better. I think he could be better than what he's doing right now. I don't see him beating Baggett, Sexton, Osborne, Barsha, AC, Marvin, or Tomac straight up anymore. But but why can't he be closer to that mix? Give me a a logical reason why he shouldn't be somewhere around those guys. I, I need to look it up, but I feel like his outdoor results on a 450. Due to injuries a lot, you know, just haven't really been there. I know, but he's been healthy. He hasn't had any big setbacks. I'm just saying right. I think he's better than than what his results mm-hmm. are saying. Like, he, he should be closer to those guys. I, you've got a guy like Sexton just moving up. You've got a guy like AC just moving up. He's pretty far back from those guys right now. He, he's not really in yeah. the race with those to, guys. To me, he's a 5-10 to 10 guy, indoors and out, and that's where he, where, he, where he was. So, to me, I think that's good. You know, anything outside the top 10, now I'm going like, hmm, you know, so. But um, he's, not, he's not getting sixth, you know. He's yeah. running like 9, 10, and then getting to eight. Like, I don't know. I gotta, it's, we're, okay. we're arguing semantics. I yeah. just think he, he could be better than he is right now. I got to be honest. I never noticed Brock Tickle all day. Not once. He, he was riding really, really well. His starts suck. Yeah, his starts were terrible. Yep. He went from like 14th to 9th in the first moto in like, the last three laps because he was on fire at the end of the moto and good for him. He, he yeah. earned every, 
every ounce of it, but he was going for it the last couple laps. RV's testing setting, RV settings. That was just all heart. Like he was, I bet he did his best laps the last couple laps. I'd have to look it up, but I, I was watching closely and he was sending it the last couple laps. In case you guys are wondering, RV is taking credit for a lot of this, in case you were wondering about Villapoto's mindset. Not, not shocking. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, okay. Uh, Christian Craig, yep. 11 12 on the day. He was dead last in the second moto, fell in the first turn or, or no, second yep. turn. Um, and uh, came all the way up to 12th, so worked his balls off for that. Good job. Freddie Norn was higher, like you said, JT. Freddie made Freddie. I, I, I had him in Pulp Mex Fantasy. Weech, how did your fantasy go? Uh, it's I don't understand how it works, so I'm not sure. Okay, all right, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Freddie Norn made mistakes, crashed a few times, but he was good. Other than that, uh, Savachi's having a rough go right now. Twisted an ankle in the first moto, second moto ninth. I mean, that's okay, you know, but yeah, not not where he wants to be. I don't think. Uh, Benny Bloss. I don't know what's going on over there. He broke an oil sight glass window in the first moto. Like, okay, wow. at Yamaha, we took ours out, and we just put a plug in there just because that is a that is a potential DNF, you know, for a factory team. But other than – I've never heard of somebody breaking a sight glass and having a DNF. But if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to Benny Bloss. So. It's been tough, man. Tougher yep. than I expected it to be. Yep. Henry Miller's been good. John Short showed up this weekend, so good job to those two. Henry Miller teams. actually rode really well. Yeah, he really. I watched him closely because he was around Bloss a lot. He he obviously can't go with the top ten guys right now, but he he should get a, a yep. note of mention, which you're giving us. He rode really well. Uh, Anstey thought he broke his jaw. His team owner told me he broke his jaw, and his jaw is fine. I guess he's going to race. So nasty crash in the second moto each for Anstey. Yeah, and really too bad because uh, the first moto, he was riding really well. That was blown with a, a bike problem, I think, on the last lap. And then he was riding well in the second moto. I think he really had something going here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and then he ends up, results-wise, terrible. And then, yeah, I guess he's okay, but you got to figure there's going to be some lingering. I, like, maybe he won't even ride this week. So that was too bad because he was, I think, really moving in the right direction. I forgot about the first moto. Yeah, he was. He would have got eighth. I think he was eighth when his bike broke. Uh, so, yeah, on the yeah, last Yeah, that's lap. legit yep, in yep, his field. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Bogle had a big crash the first turn in the first moto, so that wasn't good. Came back to get a uh, 15th. It's been rough for Bogle. He's just got to string stuff together, though, JT. You've always said as these guys get hurt, they miss time. You miss, you get behind, and you make more mistakes, and then you get more behind, and then you try harder, and then you get more behind, and you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's where yeah. Bogle is right now. He's it's, in hard to, it's hard to really show anything when you can't even yeah. put a weekend together, right? He, it's hard to build any momentum. Yep. Um... A Ray uh, got finished both motos. Everybody, first moto, his clutch went out, and he had no clutch for half the race. Second moto, he was sitting on the line next to AC, and his f- front tire was completely flat. And AC said, "Are you still going to race?" And he said, "Yeah." <laughs> and then Adam asked in the press conference, "Well, is he still alive?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he finished." So that's Alex Ray, everybody. <laughs> Adam's responses are just... They're, they're good. They're gold. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. He's like, are you seriously going to go 40 miles an hour in the first turn? <laughs> next to uh, next to me. like Next, next to, to me with a flat, flat front tire. And he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he rode the whole moto with a flat tire. Yeah. 30 plus two. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Jared Lesher for Pulp Mex Fantasy, by the way. Thank you, Jared Lesher. Good job. PA's finest, as I was told. And Grant Harlan from Hawaii... Put in a hell of a ride. What? I guess he lived there since he was 10 or until he was 10. Oh. 
but really? it's from Texas. But it's, on the sheet it said Hawaii, which I just assumed was an AMA mistake. My bad. <laughs> uh, but he, he uh, Grant Harlan, is that the, no, DeSoto was from Hawaii, did better than that. I was going to say he was the best Hawaiian as a finish ever, but DeSoto. Much better. Come on, you remember DeSoto? He helped us. He was one of our. He was. He was our guest of honor when we announced Hawaii. He was. He was. Who could forget that time? He. Ne- we needed him in the freestyle thing, but he, he was nowhere to be found. <laughs> um, Cody Shock too has put together motos. JT for Pulp Mex Fantasy. That's a guy I've been looking at, but I have no faith in Cody Shock staying on two wheels. But guess what? He's been staying on two wheels. So. Yeah. No Supercross whoops. At, uh, yeah. Yeah. At Iron Man. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, adamantic nap. Uh, I saw him after the race. His face was completely covered in mud. And I said, how's the, how's the outdoors, bro? And he's like, it's sick. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like some sort of goblin. He had like crusty dirt all over his face. Just, just covered. So, um, all right, Luke Resland, Weege. Uh, look, I don't need to look up the fantasy points to know that didn't go well. Yeah. I talked to Resland. Um, uh, I love Resland. I love his mechanic, Michael Stryker. We all go way back. Uh, you know, obviously, I didn't want to take anything out of his original results this season because of a mud race. I figured he'd be good, and then he was not. And then what? It turned out to be mechanical problems. Yeah, right? yeah, Ugh. yeah. Him and Benny Ugh. should get together and like just like trade right. parts or something. Husky four fifty parts yeah. back and forth. I don't know. Um, I'm see. Look, J- JT, you've pulled me in. You've pulled me in. I am aiming beyond mediocrity. I am taking larger swings for the fence. And now I've realized the thing in outdoors is. Mechanical problems are here and they are real. Thanks, yeah. JT. When you pick three-digit men, it is it is a roll of the dice. <laughs> it is mechanical problems happen much more often than I realize. Pressure washers, parts, yes, lots of things. Uh, Jason Anderson didn't finish first moto. Uh, uh, an issue with the plate in his arm, Weech. Yeah, that was uh, Will Kristen, our pit reporter for TV, that got that one. Um, yeah, I guess the plate that he got last year when he got hurt in Supercross uh, is hurting him. So I don't know what the long-term prognosis is going to be there. He said it's not from a crash. You started bothering. Uh, he, he's pulling a tr- he's pulling the pin. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to predict that right now. I did. Uh, JT, remember how you were just completely confused as to how he went from crash in the first turn to 18th in a lap yes. last week? Yeah. Yeah. So I asked him, and I was like, "Dude, so were there guys stuck or down? Like, how did you pass that many guys?" He goes. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he knows. <laughs> no, I think he means like it's a friggin' mud race. Like, it was oh, pure chaos. Okay. He had no idea what I, position I, he was in. I mean, I thought JT was insinuating that he had to have cut the track somewhere. I don't know. I yeah. Clearly, he doesn't know. Maybe he, who knows where the track actually went? Who knows where the track I didn't realize that's what insinuating. Who knows? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, God. I had no idea that I'd fallen into the trap. That's not what I thought you meant. Um, I'm just thinking it's a friggin' mud race. There were probably right, ten right. other no, bikes stuck. I feel like Troll Train made up a lot of spots too in that first moto, right? Like, I don't, I don't have the lap charts in front of me, but it seemed like he came around like, "What? Huh? I thought you fell down, Troll Train." So um, it was like a uh, Ramit said in his press conference last week. They're like, um, "Did you realize you needed to conserve the bike?" And he's like, "Yeah, since there were three bikes, like every turn stuck or broken, right? It made it pretty obvious." That I better conserve the bike. So I, that's a bit of a factor, I think, when you're coming through traffic. A lot of bikes stuck or broken. Okay, so before we move on to 250s, uh, through six motos, um, who is the guy that's surprising you the most that we have talked the least about? I know I'm just throwing this on you guys. Who is? Oh, the, I hate when you do this. Too. What, what? What do you mean? What? 
I'm gonna, I got I'm, I'm gonna go Henry Miller. I'm gonna go Henry Miller because I I I had him. I have Miller circled here on the chart. I think he rode really well and and through six motos, Henry Miller. I I need to pull up the points here. Uh, Henry Miller is fifteenth. He is uh, ahead of a factory rider named Cooper Webb. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He was also Should they put him on Webb's bike and fire Webb? I am not saying that, but yes. Uh, okay. What about Christian Craig? Should he? Should they fire? Should they have gone? Actually, not fired. Should they have not hired Christian Craig? Yes, yes. No, for, okay. Henry Miller is the top placing privateer right now in the points. Uh, so that that's my pick. What's yours, Weege? Um, can I can I just make Rod Bell and Jeremy Smith? Yeah, the, the same SPB guy. Be Max sure. team one guy. Yeah. yeah. All right, they're one human. All right. The two, Justin Smith or Jeremy Rodbill? Tell you what. They've been good, and they backed up. They backed up their good rides with more good rides. I, I did a podcast with Jeremy Smith a couple weeks ago, Privateer podcast, and like I'm like, like, hey, bro, you've put it really fast times before, but you've never really done anything, but you've gone fast. He's like, yeah, I had a van. I was out of a van. My bike had 80 hours on it, and I was never in shape, and my shoulder was torn up for years. And he's like, now I got my shoulder fixed. Now I got a team. You know, Now I can ride and train and shit. And I'm just like... Okay, so you're just throwing away your entry money every week for all those other years? I, you know? I love the privateer stories, man. Which right. one? Was it Rod Bell or Smith that said he his practice bike blew up, so he had to ride a Honda during the week and race a Kawasaki on the weekend? Yeah, that was, I think that was Rod Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I love these guys, dude. Yeah, they're, 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 they're unbelievable. I mean, JT, you were a privateer for a long time. You had teams and stuff, but it's like give yourself a freaking chance, everybody. <laughs> like if you're going to go all the way to the race – you know, and this is, goes back to like John Short at Denver last year. He didn't have a chain. Dan Truman had to get him a chain because he picked him in fantasy. John Short <laughs> broke a chain, had no chain. I raced in Manitoba and brought a spare chain to the races. John Short's paying $250 to race, driving all the way across the country. He doesn't have a chain. Like, I just, I, Rod Bell's riding a Honda. Jeremy Smith's got a shoulder that he can't do anything with for years. He should bring an extra shoulder. Like, I just, I don't understand these guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't get some of these guys. So, and, and, I love it. And Rod Bell's working in, in heating and air conditioning during the week. So, yeah, remember he said on your podcast that he would, if he could just avoid getting dehydrated. And I'm like, what's that all about? Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, drink more Gatorade. And then his mechanic's like, because he's working in attics all week. <laughs> Right, right, right. I'm like, oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. Like, just, what the, what the, you know what these guys should do is go pay Barry 50K. Everybody chips in five. Ten privateers chip in five, and Barry is the leader of them as far as getting your shit together because Barry did so much out of a van for so long. He knows all the ins and outs. He knows all the tricks of the trade. Just hire Barry. I'm the exact opposite on this. I think it's awesome that this exists at this level. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that you have, you know, if you're looking at the standings, Ob Osborne, Muskan, Barsha, Tomac with the most dial-tested, proven <sighs> trainers, yeah. tracks, and then just in 20th place are these dudes. And how many motorsports well, can none. you say this about? None. Zero, I think. I think it's great. I think it's awesome that motocross still has that. And I know people complain. Yeah. We're privateers. The well, privateers get screwed. I think it's awesome that you can practice on a Honda, show up and race a Kawasaki, and still score points. I, the sport still has that that spirit in it. I uh, I would think JT's buddies at MXGP disagree with you strongly. But, I they, mean... They can race. 
it's expensive. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot just show up and race a GP. There, yeah. I guess there is a wild card, but I don't know yes. how you get one. You but, spend a lot of money. Okay, but but the, the flip side of that, JT, and we're getting off track here, but this is a good this is a good discussion. The flip side of that, JT, is your uh, your pit buyer over in Austria, and you. Well, first of all, you're focused on that street bike thing, but when you are checking out the the motocross. You're like, okay, wait, hold on. So we just paid Zach Osborne, you know, a million dollars a year. Nah, not much, but $500,000 a year. And we put a factory bike on a track, and, and we, we've we sunk millions into Zach Osborne. And he just gets taken out by a guy who's in air conditioning all week <laughs> and, and is so tired he can't see straight. And he takes Zach Osborne down. Like, I'm not saying that I agree with that, but if you're a pit buyer, you could say that about American motocross. You could, but I mean, it's always been that way. <laughs> you could, JT. I mean, so you could. No, I know. Could, I mean, Greg Albertson got taken out by a deer. <laughs> well, okay, that that's yeah. Well, I understand it's a little different, but uh, you know, so that that is just something that you could see as a factory team. You're like, okay, great, great. Our guy went so fast, he went around the track another whole lap than this guy who worked in air conditioning, and the guy in air conditioning just ruined a million dollar motorcycle or program or whatever. So, but I'm with you, Weege. I love it. I'm I'm with you. So, yeah, you're not getting these this level of stories uh, no. in, in any other sport. Having this level at the top, and also no. these hilarious guys. And by the way, the other thing I always point out to people, we always say the poor privateers they don't have the bikes, they don't have the budget. When you go into those pits, when you go into that pen of animals, they are the <laughs> happiest dudes on earth. <laughs> those guys could not be happier to be spending their summer riding dirt bikes. They yeah. are not there. No. Because they are forced, they freaking love being there. And they, but this is this has always been yep. what's separated our sport is the fact that you can achieve. You know, you can go take the Ricky Carmichael <laughs> road to Supercross. Yes, you can. Yep. And you can arrive and go race against your heroes. And if you don't do that, if you decide to just go watch, you can go talk to your heroes in the pits. Go find me another sport where the average fan that just got off work at Ace Hardware can drive down to the stadium, get into the pit party for free, and go talk to UI Tomac. That that doesn't happen in MotoGP. Yeah. It doesn't no. happen in Formula One. It doesn't happen in NASCAR. It doesn't happen anywhere. It does, definitely doesn't happen in any of the mainstream sports. Do you, that has always been something cool about our sport. Do you think Jimmy Johnson lines up next to a guy with a flat front to start the race? <laughs> <laughs> does that ever happen? And, and the guy just shrugs his shoulders and goes, ah, I'm going for it anyways. <laughs> He just winks at you and says American muscle. <laughs> so uh, great things, right? Exactly. So, okay. All right. Uh, thanks to uh, fly racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web and uh, uh, really, really great stuff. JT, you guys have done a great job in 2021 with everything. And, uh, and you have the points leader in the 450 class. I don't think that's a coincidence. Like you've, you know, it's definitely a coincidence, but we will take it. Uh, com for more information on that. Thanks to uh, Max's Tires. Speaking of Max's Tires, this is not a, a derogatory comment on Alex Ray's Max's Tires out there. Uh, they don't get flats normally. So please, Maxxis.com. UTV Tires, Mountain Bike Tires, Dirt Bike Tires. Uh, Rod he Bell. Really rode, he really rode the whole moto with a front flat. Yeah. He got 34th. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, bro. It's Alex Ray. He really wanted to just finish two motos. That's what, like, he just, he's been very depressed. But he's, it's so dangerous. Like, he could have really hurt himself. He sent me, to... after last week, we got into a bit of a fight. I said, you got to look after your bike better. 
He got mad at me. He said he's going to quit. Uh, then I he showed me a photo two days later with his clutch straight up in the air at Paula. So he was just riding with no clutch. Yep. Then he sent me a photo of Britney Spears shaving her hair off when she was having that meltdown. Like, as, <laughs> like that was what he was doing. He was having that meltdown. So good for him. So he was not going to quit. That was his whole point. He was not going to quit. Thanks to Maxis. Uh, Renthal as well. More championships than all the other brands combined. Renthal.com. Uh, Eli Tomac running Renthal. Adam Cincerillo Renthal, of course. Uh, Renthal.com, whether it's the Fat Bar, whether it's the Twin... JT, do you remember when the Twin Wall came out? Like yes. Like 97? Yeah. That blew everybody's wigs back. Like, what do you mean? There's two bars in one bar? <laughs> like, that it was, was really stiff at first, but yeah, it was all the rage. And do you remember when Renthal came out with their glossy pads too? Yeah, I remember, but I don't. I don't like. I so, was too young, I think, to really. Only know. factory riders had the glossy pads, the bar pads. They would not give them to greasy privateers. I begged J Bone for weeks, and he gave me a, ter- a, a takeoff eventually in Supercross. And so Birdwell was like the only privateer with a shiny Renthal crossbar pad for weeks. How about that? Wow! If, Same if you would have painted, if you would have painted Keeney's frame, he probably would have got one. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, rental.com for more information on that. Uh, Race Tech Suspension and Motors, of course. Uh, Pulp 20 is a code to save with Race Tech. Get your motor work done. Get your suspension serviced. Get it improved as well. They do modifications, of course, as well. And a lot of people have been calling down there using the code. And thank you for that. It's a big savings. Uh, look after your bike so it looks after you. All right? A-Ray a- needs to do this. He needs to call Race Tech and look after his bike. Uh, so thanks to Race Tech as well. And Onyx Maps, Weege? Yeah, Onyx Maps, um, they've got tons of stuff mapped. You like that? Yeah, that great. One? Yeah, well, you and yeah. your you and your bias can just you know. Yeah, yeah. Way. So if you get Onyx Maps, go to onxmaps.com or go to Onyx Off Road in the App Store and then get the app and it'll tell you places to ride or drive. If you get a side by side or a Jeep, some of us used to uh, <laughs> wow. mountain biking, wow. mountain biking trails. Yeah, and uh, Onyx Maps is definitely the way to do it. And look, outdoor recreation is really maybe more popular than ever right now. So if you're probably doing it already, use this; it'll make the experience better. All right, and subscribe to RacerX and use the code uh, RacerX uh, RacerXOnline.com forward slash pulp. Thank you. No, thank you. No. you. Use that, please. Thank you. No, uh, and because there'll be things in the magazine that you'll never read online, and um, so we would appreciate that, please. Otherwise, we're not going to do these pods anymore. So that's right. Uh, okay, two fifty class. Ferrandez's second moto ride. Holy shit! Like he fell, worked on his bike a little bit. Then we had a little announcer's poll in the uh, in the tower on where he would finish. I said seven, Bidas said eight, and Megawatt said nine, and he was third. Weech. Wow! So no one thought that there was podium. No, hell no. Dude. Well, you know, we kept the camera on him the entire time, and I say we, uh, as you know, everything that happens on TV, I'm responsible for. Uh. So we watched the entire first lap, and he literally passed, I think, into 21st by the time they got to the, the flag. 19 guys. Yeah. One lap, everybody. It's unbelievable. Yep. JT, amazing. Who knows, yep. man? JT, amazing. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. How about if you're J-Mart, you made up two points. Like, you're just looking at this, just being like, oh, yeah, like – Big big time points gain here or whatever, and then you made up two points. Do you think he really even knew? I don't think he knew. 
well, I, these guys look around a lot when they're out there. Maybe he saw the red plate. Yeah, but you can't know he's 40th. No, but you maybe saw him buried at some point, you know, coming yeah, across yeah. another lane. or so. Anyways, uh, so good job for Dylan Ferrandez. I mean, look, the, the first moto was a beatdown. J-Mart was right there, second place, looking good, and Ferrandez beat him by 30 seconds. So, and then Ferrandez just went from last to first. Uh, Ferrandez crashed last moto at Loretta Lens 2. Otherwise, he uh, after he won the first moto. So, J-Mart's been very good. But there is no doubt, Weege, in my mind, Ferrandez is a faster guy. Yeah, and I don't actually think, to be honest, that there's any doubt in Jeremy Martin's mind. I think he knows this is going to be quite a challenge. He, he, yeah, his podium thing was pretty uh, pretty honest, huh? Yeah, and you were in there in the press conference. I mean, yeah, he, he knows he got rolled by him. And uh, he he's just going to have to basically do the best he possibly can every time and hope things roll his way. And... It is crazy to think that Ferrandis has been the best guy, but look who's won two of the three overalls. And, man, Ferrandis, that's what I love about the Euros. They are brutally honest. I asked Ferrandis, are you bummed to know how fast you've been this year, but you've actually won one of the three races? And he said, mad, I think, three times. I am mad. I am mad, mad. I'm frustrated. I am mad that I didn't win. I <laughs> uh, um, was frustrated last week, as we know. Uh, even though it was a mud race, he wasn't happy just to get good points on a mud race. He wasn't happy to get second overall on a day that he was clearly the fastest guy. Um, look, these things have a way of averaging out, right? If you're the fastest guy, you don't get hurt. You're probably going to be champ. But as of now, Jay Mars is going to do his best, and it's actually worked out two or three times. Hold yeah, on. and you, you guys are overlooking the real story what? here. Wow. Amart is coming. Oh, here we go. He loses a Twitter poll and he just flips. He's like wrestling. We, you, you gotta love this. It's, it's this not like, working, man. This is like it's wrestling. Not... Why are you? Jake... Why are you guys giving up on Amart? I'm not. We had, we we didn't get the starts we needed this weekend, but everything is going to be fine. We've got two rounds at Redbud. Good track, good track for us. Good, for us good, followed by yes, our home race at Millville. Terrific track. That's everything that's a good track for us too. In case you were wondering, yeah, yeah, Redbud's great. Uh, everything. Is in front of us. We're good. Last year at Redbud, we were on fire, and we had a little engine, you know, setback. Fire, an engine fire. We did. But we're good here. The, things are really shaping up to be uh, a really solid September. Weed, you got to love this. It's like wrestling. He's flipped. Yeah, but um, in wrestling, um, sometimes we see where they decide to make a turn that the fans didn't ask for and didn't expect. Yeah. And they have to force it so hard that it really doesn't sell and i'm just not into this i don't know <laughs> somewhere during this week it was so ridiculous mathis with your son your mini bike dad with a mart and now jt's trying and i'm just i can't get into this i can't believe it i can't buy it i'm not accepting it um i don't like it well I don't like it, get JT. on board because the train's leaving the station thank you all day jt sending us excuses sending us predictions I, I'm not into it. Here, I here's the problem for us is this could come as some breaking news, but we don't have the speed of an Eli Tomac. <laughs> we don't have that raw speed. We got to get starts. And we didn't get them this weekend. We're in shape. Our bike is good. All of that. There's no problems, but we have to get the starts. We don't have Tomac's ability to rip through the pack. See, that's where you get into trouble. You're looking at the micro. You just need to look at the macro. Things are Things are looking up. We've got some uh, – there's a disturbance at the, of the force at the front with Ferrandis. He's kind of all over the map, which is leaving a window for us. 
and then on top of that, we've got our brother. We can we can really play mind games with our little brother here. Wow. So nothing is uh, nothing's really out of reach yet. We're we're still looking good. I'm glad you've come around. It's taken a while. I'm glad you've come around. Thank you. Um, this is this this is ridiculous. Hey, so Geico, the Geico team was told this weekend that Geico, the sponsor, after I don't know, ten years. How long has it been? Anybody remember? I thought they said 13. 13 years? Uh, they're so. They're not coming back for 2021. Some, you know, the team has always promoted Geico pretty well, and, and all of the stuff, that, all the reports that they run show very good value for what Geico pays, and Geico's involved in the in the motocross series uh, as a sponsor because we just have to say this every single week at 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, Geico's – that's gonna, that's a tough blow this late, Weege, for that team. It's, it's September, and uh, now they have to try to find a sponsor for January. Yeah, I think they said the official math from what I heard. You know, we went over there and asked some people about it. Uh, they they clearly had just found out. I think they said it was a few days before the race. So it's like 40-some days. I think the deal's up at the end of September. Uh, and it's almost the end of August here. So it's like 40-some days, and it's done. Um, and that's a big sponsorship deal. So you're not going to find that money in 40 days, right? So, you know, I don't know what it means as far as, like, I already got tons of people asking me today, like texting me, like, what's this mean for the Geico team next year? Well, it's definitely not good. I don't know if it means a team is going away. I don't think that'll happen. But it's, dude, if you work for that team, like if it's your full-time job working for that team, it, I, I think the guy who gets quotes for the press releases will probably be fine. He, it's not his main income. Um, but for the actual people who work for that team, it's got to be scary times. Oh. And as for riders, uh, I don't know this about this team in particular. But even when dudes have contracts, there are clauses in contracts. Like, if we lose tons of money, we might not be able to keep you on. It really? They have, they have contracts like that? Like, Oh, teams definitely do. Teams definitely do. Yeah. Basically yeah, saying absolutely. we can get rid of you at any time for any reason? Uh, no, not any reason. But, like, for example, I do know, say, when JGR went from Yamaha to Suzuki, right? Yeah. It wasn't nearly as much money, I think, as they were could have gotten from Yamaha. So yeah. I think they had to redo everyone's deal. Like, we don't have the same level of factory support. Things change. Um, so if you lose factory support, for example, or a significant amount of it, things change. I would think if you lose a sponsor, things could change too. Okay. Then yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, wow. the budget's cut. Dude, they have a lot of riders. Amateur stuff. I don't, do they have amateurs? Who do they got amateurs? I don't even know, but they have a lot of guys. So, uh, yeah, so it's almost inevitable. I, I think they want to do the right thing, but it's almost inevitable. I mean, I think there will be Honda 250s out on the track next year. I just don't know what it'll look like or how. Uh, this is a this is a problem, man. Fly racing Honda, JT. There you go. Fly oh, racing go. Honda team. It's easy. Just write a check. I think that Geico check was a pretty big check. Yeah, I would <laughs> imagine, right? Check. So, yeah, yeah we'll see what happens over there. Uh, Honda may have to take some guys in-house even, you know, if they want to do it. Who knows? Um, yeah. All right. I so, think uh, I think sponsors come and go. That's just unfortunately a very long term one. Writing a very big check is a tougher one than normal. But yeah, I agree with Weeds. The timing is the the most brutal part of this. Uh, it is almost September in a very difficult year, and that's a lot of money to to replace. Yeah, I think that's the main problem. The forty five days or whatever it is, forty some days. I think that's the part that really um, tripped them up. Yeah, sponsors come and go. You're right, JT. It's going to be odd, and if Geico pulls out of like the motocross series too, like they're they're sponsored for the, like you know. The- well, yeah, you look around at the race; they're everywhere. They have the Geico Military Appreciation Area. 
they have the the 15 minutes, say 15% thing. Like there, there is a lot of involvement there. And I guess it's all going away. I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. Nor yeah. Who knows? I. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, when, when discount tire pulled out of Chad's team, they stuck around with Supercross. So who knows, I guess where that all goes. Yeah. And by the way, people are probably listening thinking, I know, but I mean, they just hand me a card and say, read it at 15 minutes and I'll find out next year in May or at Hangtown. No. Like, I don't know, know if the, the two things are the team sponsorship and the series are not the things that are not connected. So I don't know what it means to the series part. Well, and someone tweeted me and said that there's no doubt Geico's not getting an ROI. So he yeah, knew. I, I've seen some ridiculous so tweets and posts everywhere about people claiming they know what Geico thinks or does or why yeah. they got into this or the money. That it's just like, get out of here with all that. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. You're an idiot. Stop yeah. Stop. Uh, well, one crazy theory. Oh, sorry. I do need to bring this up. One oh. crazy theory as we were talking to people at the race. Uh, we have heard that Christian Craig is likely to be going to star racing next year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not done, but it's done. No, One it's of those done. Deals. Yes, it's done. Yes, exactly. So I heard the conspiracy theory that Craig team co-owner, Jeff Myshack and the Geico money were all moving to star. Yeah. That, that that's is, a, that's another post I saw also. And it's just you the saw most that too. Yeah. ridiculous yeah. things I've ever seen. Right. Uh, I have been assured that is absolutely not the case. Geico is not moving to another team. It is just leaving. Yeah, and Jeff uh, and is not Craig leading thing, the team, you know, right? Jeff is no, also not. No, Craig is just getting signed as a rider. There's nothing more to it than that. Right. Yep. Um, Brandon Hartraff. Wow. Nice I work for Brandon Hartraff. I think it's Hartramped. Hartraft. <laughs> I think it's Hartramped. Okay, all right. Doesn't matter what it is. Good rod for Brandon Hartraff. Well, if you're going to get on the podium, we should at least get his name right. Well, he's coming on the Pulp Show tomorrow night. I'll ask him. Okay, get to the bottom of that. All right, three, he, four. I actually, uh, sorry. I watched the race next to his dad, who I don't really know, but I was standing next to him most of the day, and that guy was so nervous the entire time. He was thrilled, but I'm sure he was just so nervous about him finishing this deal. Yeah. I he, I can't – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying he yeah. doesn't have a job for next year. Yeah. So this is crunch time for him, and, and they are very aware of that. I, I was overhearing conversations that I was not a part of, uh, but – that you can tell the pressure's on. Like they got to make this happen. Yeah, I um I like Brandon. He's a good kid. I've known him for a while. I helped him with X brand goggles and stuff um, for that team. Mm-hmm. He um he's it doesn't say much. Not a, not a big talker. He's from Jersey. Uh, but I you know Seth Rarick is a buddy of ours, right? But Seth Rowe loves all his guys. He just pumps those guys up so bad. It, he actually influences my fantasy picks uh, badly sometimes. Uh, but he has been telling me about Brandon during the week and this and that and this and that. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, that's awesome. Let's wait and see. Let's see. Ah, Brandon. Uh, Weege is the old story, right? The, during the week speed. Um, but yeah. he brought it third overall. So good job to Seth Rowe and Brandon. He finally, finally brought it. I'm surprised, JT. Uh, you know, he had those podiums early in Supercross. And to me, it's not like the rest of the team has had podiums or anything. I just figured just that alone, he's going to be good for next year. I, I'm surprised to hear he was that on the ropes. Well, I think they are taking that team to Gas Gas. That's what yeah. I hear, so that right? may be so, just mixing stuff up. Well, and, and now they have to, I think, consolidate a bit. So mm. who gets the spot? Does and I think it's between Derek Drake and Hartramp, which I'm hearing. Uh, and yeah, so Brandon needs to do everything he possibly can to sway that decision. And if that's not available, he needs to sway someone else to to want to sign him. So can, can someone tell me what's going on, with Pierce Brown? Anybody know? I don't know, but I would love to know as well. Dude. It's not been good. It has not been good. And I was told he was better outdoor than indoor guy. 
Well, we wouldn't have any way of knowing that. I don't for, for these amateur experts. Yeah. Um, I did talk to him uh, real quick before practice. He said he'd been struggling with bike setup. Went back out to California. Thought he had it better, but this was not much better in the end. But no. in, in the morning, he was hopeful. Jeez, man. And, and Drake hasn't been. Drake's been okay. Just okay. Um, he was pretty good, honestly. He, I watched him very closely because of the, you know, the heart tram thing. I just wanted to see because I know they, there's a decision that has to be made between those two or what I hear. And I just wanted to see what Drake had. And the first moto was really good. The second moto, he definitely got tired, though. There is no question about whether he got tired or not in that second moto. But speaking of silly season two, I heard from somebody this weekend that would know that, that uh, Max Volan will be KTM factory 250 guy. Next year. And I'm like, next year? Are you sure? And I'm oh. like, yep, yep. And I'm like, huh? Okay. I didn't think Max was... For Supercross? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't think he was ready. Weed, you're an amateur expert, no but uh, uh, I don't know. To go from 125 to 250 Pro seems like I'm a little surprised, right. but well, I, I don't know. I, the, the, maybe the moving the TLD to Gas Gas and then suddenly they need some 250 got a racing KTM. Maybe that actually changes stuff beyond maybe what the three-year plan or right. something could have been. Is it seems early to me. Yeah. Is uh is Justin Cooper back? Because we got one eighth place that was like kind of standard stuff. And then that second moto, we second. Justin Cooper, is he back? Do we know? We have to wait, I we think, Reach. Yeah, I think we, we don't, don't know. know. Right. We do not. We do not. Not enough data. Okay, thank you. The Jet. Good ride for the Jet. Steady day. Yep. He yep. was uh, he was giving it everything he had the last couple laps to catch catch Hartrand for yes. that podium. And uh both of them, neither of them were tired. They were they were really going for it, which I love to see. I love at the end of the moto to see them going flat out and not be tired. Like that, to me, that's that's indicative of your work ethic during the week. And uh, for those two to be pretty young and and be able to push that hard at the end of the second moto was pretty cool. Hunter Lawrence went nineteen eleven shoulder injury. It was kind of a game time decision to ride. He did ride. I don't put his race so much on the shoulder injury, but I do put it on the fact that I look. I was following him on Instagram. And they got a room at the Super 8 this weekend. And that's horrible. That's horrible. And I said to him, what, and he just said, I don't know. My mom, me mom booked it. And I, I, I don't know. Me mom needs to be taken off of travel uh, plans going forward. If, if, if a couple hundred thousand dollar a year kids are staying at the Super 8. So just FYI. He might want to check for bed bugs as well this week. Their agent needs to take over the travel. Somebody does. Somebody who understands American hotels. Like Super 8 doesn't mean like it's an 8 out of 10. That doesn't mean that. (laughs) It doesn't mean it's super either. No, no, no. Yeah, it does not mean it's super, nor is it 8 out of 10. Um, Alex Martin, want to talk about Alex for 20, 30 minutes each? I do. Stop, JT. I'm just... It's just like when they made Stone Cold Steve Austin, they just decided they were going to turn him bad. And he's like, yeah, I can do it. I can make it happen. And it took like months to convince the crowd that this was legitimate. He, and they were just like, when up. is he going to switch back? He, just switch back. He lost it's a Twitter natural. poll. He lost a Twitter poll and he's just lost his mind. I had such a long drive. My hotel was an hour from the track. Uh, so, you know, it was two hours. I basically drove to the hotel, woke up, drove back. Uh, so I actually decided to listen to last week's podcast because I haven't listened to one of these back in quite some time. The review pod. Yes. You listened to the one you already did. Yes, the one I did. Okay. As, as Pee Wee Herman would say, I don't need to watch it. I lived it, but I actually did listen to it. And I do it every week. Stop, JT. I do. You review your performance? You take notes? 
I want to get better. Yes. It actually made me laugh. It made me literally LOL. The ridiculousness of the AMR conversation. It is so ridiculous. What, what, what's ridiculous about it, though? Like, what are you talking uh, about? Like, well, like okay, just, we've got you years just did it of... to me again. I'm going to be laughing on the way to the hotel on this. We've got this years of data that JT has thrown, you know, side insults at Amart. Oh, here we go. Again. No, no. He's never been a believer, and but not personally. Again, not personally. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. All right, forget it. We'll move on. We're already too here, late. Here we go. He, disrespecting Amart's legacy, I think, is the words you used. Did, did I? That seems a yes. little much. Legacy. Legacy. Well, you know when they're carving out the Mount Rushmore of motocross people. Um, all right. He'd be more of a foothill. Yeah. He's very short. Right, right. More of a foothill of the Mount the, Rushmore. The thing is, is he's JT. Just like, and that's where some of it may come from. Because JT never got that factory spot. Uh, Osterman didn't call him back. Like, you know, maybe it comes from that. I don't know. Uh, unbelievable. There's not a lot of difference between 1110 mods and Subway Honda. The venom that you believe that JT has in his fangs for, for Amart, I think it's just unfounded. Okay. That it's, it's not just reviewing his riding performance. There's actual malice. Not personally, though. Again, I think he likes Alex. He'd say, Alex is a fly rider. You know, they, they got, they're, they're fine. Can we just talk about Marty or Stu? I'm or on something? the train. Okay. I, I don't so, know where this comes from. I need to watch the crash again. I saw it in the announcer's booth. I saw it live. I saw the replay in the announcer's booth. I need to watch it again. Ferrandis was not happy with McElrath for that start, and I thought that was a little petty of Dylan to to do that. Did any either one of you see something from Shane that would that that say he caused it or that he moved over on Dylan or whatever? Like anybody see anything? Uh, I couldn't see enough to know either way, to be honest. JT, did you watch it closer? I'm still, uh, I'm still angry about Ferrandez's front tire from Loretto Lens too. So, okay. that's kind of oh. where I'm at. Okay, fair enough. Because he said he has to talk to Shane when I get back to the truck, and there's no why he would do that. So you're saying that Shane stole Ferrandez's position on the during the start? No, there was no stealing of the gate. Nobody would want that inside gate that Dylan took. Okay. Um. Okay, Shimoda rebounded. Nice job for Schmoda. Really well. He needed that. He actually moved forward all day. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Mitchell Harrison, good job for him as a fill-in. Mumford, I've been fine with Mumford. I've been fine with Mumford. Yeah, we these all- guys really. These guys need to. They're going to have to do something though, because who knows what happens with their contracts? Oh, now. I, I really yeah. don't know. Yeah, but they gotta, they gotta, they gotta make it happen now. Because even guys like Hartramp don't have rides, right? So what do you do with? Shimoda's and Mumford's and all these guys are yep. Amart's even, you know? Like, it's tough. Easy on that. Easy on what? that. What? I'm just saying anybody that doesn't have a contract right, right. now, it's go time. Well, JGR is going to need a guy, so Amart's just I agree. For I, I, trust, trust me, I am there for Amart. I'm just saying there are a lot of riders that are really good, like solid top 10 guys that don't have deals for next year. Mitchell Harrison got really good starts this weekend. Really good starts. McAdoo did not. Ramit was down in the first turn and uh, came all the way up a little bit. Had a rough day. RJ Hampshire was fast again, Weege, but made mistakes. But RJ was fast. Yeah, it was a little bit what I was worried about because he even said at Loretta's one, I have to be a podium guy every week. That's what I missed out on. And, man, it, he didn't 
He didn't get on the podium. Not from bad riding, but it's just those little things. And maybe that's the difference. I don't know if J-Mart is far and away faster than RJ, but it's like J-Mart's just going to get second or third no matter no, what. No, J-Mart's faster than RJ. Come on, stop it. Far and away faster? Yes. All right. But I would put RJ in the next group with, with – with Oh, he's definitely in the next group. Yeah. If he's not ahead of that next group, I wouldn't I – wouldn't, I could say he's the third best guy. I wouldn't. I know who's because third, of Amart. I know who's third in points. Because Indi- of Amart. Indicating that they're, they're the third best guy. Okay. Um, the legacy of Amart. Uh, <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez, another decent finish. Uh, thanks for texting me back, Speedy. Appreciate that. Uh, Styles Robertson, JT, 14th. Never noticed him Pretty much. Pretty good, but not, yeah. not really. I, I don't think it's standing out, which is what he needs to be doing, right? At least be up there with the guys like Shimoda. I, I think that's what they would have hoped for him. It, you know, It has to be such a shock for a guy like Styles. And I don't know. Is he a nice kid? I don't even know. But I don't know him. I, I we, can't answer that. Oh, he's awesome. Okay. He is awesome, dude. So this really, is, Him and Mason Gonzalez are, are really huh. That's why I wanted Mason to get on Pulp, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's really great at texting people back. Good job, Speedy. I did get on his case a little bit for that. I saw him, and I was like, dude, me and Mathis are trying to get a hold of you. Hit us back. And, and what did he say? Yeah, get me on Pulp. I'm like, we texted you. Yeah, did he We're say? And he took off? No, stop. Oh. You're not even allowed. It's 2020. Stop I can say that. You're not allowed. Okay. You're get protested. Here's my point about Styles. It must be such a shock because for one week in August – all the gear guys, all the goggle guys, all the guys are coming over and just blowing you up and just like all the eyes are on you and everything else. And it's just, you're the guy and you win the horizon award and you're, and then you just, you're getting 14th, like literally a week later, you're getting 14th and you're just eating mud. You're looking like adamantic nap at the end of the moto. It must be like WTF. And I'm not, I'm, I'm mentioning styles here, but any of these kids, right? Like outside of the, the prodigies, they're just like, wait, what? Like, Cantrell or or Drake or any of these guys, right? They're just like, wow, some dude I've never heard of just blew by the outside of me. You know, Mitchell Harrison, a guy. Like, these guys don't know who Mitchell Harrison is. Come on, he was in Europe. He's been in Europe. He, he was on Star like three years ago. He I, got a podium at Red Bull. I think that was last year. What wasn't he on? Oh, oh, wasn't he on Rockstar last year? Who Mitchell Harrison? No, he was in Europe last year. Last year he's in Europe. Okay, year before he's in. Rockstar? He was he was on Star like three years ago and got a podium at Redbud. No, I know, of I know. They know who no, I know. Okay. Anyway. No, but I see your point, and you've asked me several times on the show, like, what is the ceiling for Styles? And I really should just say, I don't know. Uh, all these guys have talent. You know, same thing we're saying with Drake or, or Pierce Brown. Like these guys can do it, but which one is going to click? Like they're not all going to whatever the pieces are. They're not all going to put them together. They're not all going to go on to be multi-time champs. It's possible. The math says it's not possible, right? And it's got to be tough. Like it's, you just, if you're Pierce Brown right now. You're probably like, "What the heck? I know I'm fast. Why is it not happening?" I just you, when you're on a factory bike, dude, you got to make it happen because it's an advantage in this class. It really is. Yeah, it, it's got to be frustrating. Absolutely, yeah. and right. I don't think it's any one thing. I mean, JT, you you've you raced in these races. There's no one thing that you can just say, "I just need to do this," and it'll flip. No, it's, no. it's hard. No. Yeah. And, and Styles is fine. He just, I don't, I don't know. He, he's riding really well. If you want, gonna want to go back and look at his lap times for Moretta's, he was very, very fast. But he's falling into this place where he's getting bad starts, and then he just, he's just kind of an also ran out there, and that's not 
where he wants to be. He wa- he needs to stand out and at least get up into the mix, get a good start. You know, because we could say that about most of these guys, like Mumford. You know, he qualified up front at one of the races. He was second in one of the time qualifying sessions, I believe. And then he has been, you know, he ran around in the top five there for one of the motos. And we just haven't seen anything like that from Styles yet. Was there a I think all of them are fine if they get enough rope, if they get enough time. But it's a couple of these things we mentioned here, the silly season stuff. Like, yeah. if you don't get two or three years, it's tough because it could happen. Yeah. But if you don't get time to make it happen, man, that sucks. Was there a 125 out there yesterday? Yes. I heard a two-story practice. Who was it? Cody Williams. Good oh. job for Cody Williams. Two-stroke yeah. life. Give him a factory bike. <laughs> um. Okay. Anything else? Two fifty wise. Hmm. Do we we all like Ferrandis for this title? Clearly, yes. Obvi. I like Amart, but I know if I had this to isn't take working. A it's not pick, sticking. It's not sticking. I'll run another That's poll okay. and see if people believe in this. I have nothing but time. Okay. Um. We each anything else? JT, you going to Redbud? I am in Indianapolis as we speak. So all three of us were at the race this weekend, but we didn't all end up in the same place at the same time. I never saw Steve or Weech. Yeah. Well, you were in the let's, you let, were in, you were in the fly thing, JT, probably right. Uh, I was. Well, it's not just fly, but I was where our a few yeah. of our dealers are right. invited to, and then I was kind of wandering around trying to help people too. I let's try check. to actually end up in the same place at some point well, this weekend. I, the the shocking thing is JT wasn't around for the post race video. Uh, this is this is. He didn't know. J- if JT had known, he would have been there, right? No, I knew because you asked me if if anybody wanted to do it a week. Yeah, ago. but you were already gone. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I was. I was leaving either way. I oh, oh okay. I just figured if I had told you earlier. There's there's nobody who leaves a race, Supercross or Motocross, faster than Jason Thomas. There's nobody. It's it, it's incredible. It's it's the speed in which JT gets out of a venue is next I level. I like to beat traffic. Yeah. Yes, yes, you do. It is it is phenomenal. It is well, perhaps the some two fifty riders that sucked may get up there earlier than you. You know, because they're the just only person it. that's ever beat me out of an event was Christoph Purcell at Millville. <laughs> right. Fourth overall? Yes. Yep. I will get fourth. Yes. <laughs> um okay, well, uh <laughs> word of the day, do we is the slaw dog? Are you throwing that in or are you are you kicking at it back, Weesh? For, for, no, for we can be slaw dog. Can okay. you call Ferrandis a slaw dog? Just every word of the day, work it into Ferrandis <laughs> so, <laughs> that he, so that he's just WTF. Just confuse the guy. Doesn't know if we're insulting him, if we're complimenting him. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> it's I saw, nothing to do with you, I swear. I saw Villeman for the first time in a long time. I don't think I ever saw him in Salt Lake. And uh, he just came up to me. He's completely covered with a neck bandana thing and he's got sunglasses and a hat pulled down low and he's wearing all black like no logos and i don't know who this guy is i don't know if he's a terrorist i don't know what's happening and, he, and he's just like comes around. and i'm like i had to like stop for a minute and be like oh it's dv it's very very strange look for dv but they've given him a headset which is scary listen i don't i don't care who you are if i ever run a team and you're not on the team you are not getting a headset. No trainer, no wife, no girlfriend, no coach. Nobody is getting a headset other than the team members. This this blows my mind that teams do this. So just FYI, if I'm ever in charge of a team, which I probably will not I think, be. I think there is a little bit of value, and I'll tell you why. Because I think that DV is pretty smart, 
And if there is a message that he could get to the mechanic to somehow get on the pit board that could really make a difference, I think it's worth it. Nope. That's fine. Yeah. We're allowed to have differing yep. opinions, of course. Just, I'm just saying if you there wanted, are times when I wish I wish somebody could have told me something on a pit board because I'm it would have helped me during a race, but unfortunately the mechanics can't see anything, so they don't know. Right. Well then the team spotter or team manager can do that. You know, uh, I'm with you. You think on, that they know more than DV does? I don't know, but no, nobody outside of my team is getting a headset. And I and I told the same thing to Courtney Roxon. She had a headset, and I and I told her I cannot believe they give you a headset. I just you told I, her I did. Yeah, if I'm, I wrote about it. So if I'm going to write about it, I'm you know. I, I have a feeling that she's probably not offering a lot of opinion. Just listening. No, no, I, I, it doesn't matter. Like the we're a team. We're 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 a unit. We say things on the radio that you know we want to keep within the team. That's all. And. and People who are, are spouses or coaches or whatever are work, not working for the team. They're working for that rider, you know? So, I don't know. That's just my, my opinion. I hear you. But, I, I just think – I think DV probably knows more than most of the guys on, that, remember, on those headsets. Remember Big James had, like, baseball signs? Yes. Well, maybe, you you know, you and – you could have had Frank with baseball signs on the side of the track. Like, to no, get, he was already giving me those signs with – in the mechanics area. Oh, well, then somebody else, somebody, whoever you said you would have liked to have somebody help you. They could have yeah. just done the baseball thing like Big James did. I don't think that James was doing much other than it confusing his sons. <laughs> he was pulling a chainsaw at one point after the race. <laughs> he was cutting pretending to start a chainsaw. All right. Anything else? Red Bud, two, two, two nationals in four days. Wygan, congratulations on that paycheck. By the way, that paycheck comes from NBC, not from MX Sports. So, all right. You know what we should do is we're all going to be in Red Bud, right? JT, you're saying for both races. Yes. We should go out for tomahawk ribeye somewhere. Beautiful. I'll bring the meat. You give it to somebody. <laughs> I will make it up to you by buying you a tomahawk ribeye <laughs> from somebody. <laughs> like I don't know where. I don't think South Bend has really restaurants that has tomahawk ribeyes in them. But um, you don't have. Oh, oh! Of course they do. South Bend, Notre Dame, home of Notre Dame. Oh yeah, true. They probably have high high but end stuff. Right? You don't need to make it. It's more of a, an emotional scarring that you well, left. Well, like, if I hmm. if I bought you one, would it help the emotions? But it's it's like you're trying to buy my emotions. Like I'm a you know some female that you're trying to win over. This was a deep a deep cut God. that can only be healed with time. Okay. Well, that saves me money that I'm going to buy you a tomahawk ribeye to make up for it. So The extent of this cut can only be measured right. by the quality of the cut that I had shipped to you. <laughs> All right. Well, can can I <laughs> – I don't know. I, if anybody listening has a high-end meat packing place <laughs> with tomahawk ribeyes and wants to send me one to cook for myself, I guess, <laughs> so I can experience this <laughs> – I, I guess that's the only way we can try to right or wrong here. Or maybe Weege can send it to Weege. He can cut. Yeah, if you want to buy me a steak, either one of you, I'm down. It's right. truly the thought that counts in this scenario, and you took my thought and gave it to a man named Tits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, the review shows will be done in person, by the way, next week. We're going to get together. Uh, we're going to bring the portable podcast stuff and uh, and set them up and do them uh, after the races, two, two races uh, next week. So, yeah, it should be fun. I'm in. And fantasy. Maybe we'll get Weege in the fantasy pod. Weege? Uh, wait, let me see here. I can't. I'm trying to figure out how I did. 
It's really this is great radio, bro. I, I actually, yeah, I can't figure it out. I, I, okay. I'm gonna say middle of the road. <laughs> no, no. I, wait, hold on. It's just it's a dashboard. O- overall rank last round, 2092. Is that that's it? That's it. Yeah. That's about that's 398. About the medium. 398. 398 points. points. That's about middle. That's middle of the road. Yeah. If I had gone with Rod Bell instead of uh, Rensland, that would have been, I believe, 52 more points. I would have had. 450 would that have been way that's better good. yeah that's pretty yeah good. i have i had 460 something and was 600th oh so yeah you had 460 on the dot oh did i okay yeah, yeah. so uh and uh and actually travis marks has been absolutely killing us this year jay D- uh, weege on the expert stuff he is the exact opposite of mediocrity yes he swings for the fences and he's been getting lucky three weeks in yes, a row he has by mistake <laughs> get get all the get all the, the pulp producers to stake. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Red Bud coming up this weekend, and uh, again, it's a Friday and a Monday, so yeah, a little different, little different deal. I'm looking forward to it. it should be uh, weird and neat and exciting, Weege, to have this. It's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, I am looking forward to yeah. it. I think it'll it's be gonna cool. be Salt Lake-ish. Do you think that we are going to Red Bud though for someone who? For people who have doubted uh, this race. I, we finally got some movement on that. We did. There was an admittance that Red Bud was looking solid. <laughs> so I think we're going. All right. I think I'm definitely so. Going. Even if we don't race, I'm going. Right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Weege, JT, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, presented by Onyx Maps, Renthal, and Maxis.com. Thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, 
like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days 